what I came to find out is really sin is a heart issue. So when it came down to me, like, really resisting temptations or whatever it may be, you know, whatever sin it could be, it was always a heart issue for me. So what I came to find out was really helpful was, uh, like I said before, the love, the love, love of God has really set me free from those things. When you seek God and you really seek his face, that's going to give you a desire above sin, not to sin. It's going to give you a desire not to really hurt. You're not, you're not going to want to grieve Holy Spirit because that's who lives inside us is the living God. He lives inside us. And when you do these kind of things, it really, it really does hurt, hurt God. It really, it really grieves God, you know, and, uh, that really, that's really motivated me not to sin is, is really the change of heart. And you, if, if you have a really, if you really do have a problem, you may still be convicted. You really got to, you just got to pray for that. You got to pray for a heart change and a really renewed of the heart. That really, that's what really got me through it. And from then, like you may stumble, but the difference is when you, when you get convicted, you're going to repent immediately. You're going to know who God is. You're going to know that his, his love is unconditional. So therefore, and you know, you know, it says in the Bible, you're forgiven of all past, present and future sins. But also, uh, what what early early on in my in my Christian life when I was sinning, I was using God and the Lord Jesus as a no doubt as a scapegoat actually, because oh I'm forgiven my sins it's okay for me to sin every once in a while then I mean you know and I really I really uh kind of flipped it around I know a lot of people that are actually still struggling with that issue is just using uh, Jesus as a savior and not as a Lord, and uh, really people don't understand that you can't have a savior if he's not your Lord. You know, he's, he's your Lord first before he's your savior. And, um, that, that, that when I got introduced that idea, I mean, I have a fear of God, you know, I'm, I fear God in a righteous way. So not only do I not want to, you know, go down that wrong path and live in sin, but I want to be with God. I want to be in his heavens. I want to be in his kingdom. And I, I love God because he's first loved me. Yeah. And, uh, that really changed my heart to a point where, sinning was just not a very it's not that it wasn't appealing it's not that i wasn't tempted anymore it's just something that you you really got to hate it yeah. you got to you got to have a hate for sin because oh, whatever enemy of god the god's enemy is our enemy you know now now that we're christians we're representing christ in everything we do so what that that really led me into thinking like okay so this is like a really actually a pretty big deal like there's actually souls being souls are being took by the hour and like it, it it's all up to me to do my job is what i'm called to do to to reach out and to be living as an example of christ not to be a hypocrite and actually just talk about jesus and go go into the bathroom and masturbate or go smoke a blunt or anything whatever you're, you're struggling with at the, uh, at this time or before is really, it's all up to, you, you know, you got to really be honest with yourself. It's a hard issue. You got to really, you got to really just seek God in everything that you do. And, um, you got to be representing, you got to really keep in mind that it's not always about you. So it's not even, especially when it comes to sin, it's not about you. It's about God and it's about what Jesus did. And you should really be convicted because, Oh, what Jesus went through to really pay for the cost. He or he redeemed us, and it's almost like the redemption comes for the word ransom, and it's like a rant. He took the ransom. He's our he's our ransom. He took it for us. He really took all that what we deserved for us. God, God did so. 
got really put in perspective all those stripes that he took and the nails that went into his hand I mean that really makes me not want to sin because he did all that just for me to be free of that and not not free in an aspect oh I'm never gonna sin again because we're all we're gonna we're gonna slip up once it says in the Bible no one is righteous not, not one is righteous and um that really you really got to put that in an aspect you got to keep that in mind that you can't really beat yourself up about it but at the same time you got to really feel that conviction and repent you have to have a repented heart right because it's really everybody's gonna sin at least uh, once or twice it, we're gonna slip up it's not there's no doubt there's no doubt about it because in the bible it says that he knows we're sinners and and through us really living for god and not for ourselves that makes us righteous just and holy that seed is everlasting. It's planted inside us, and it's everlasting. So, so no matter if I sin um, a couple days from now, even though I'm telling you this, you know, it's really about your heart. It's what the motivation of your heart. If you're so convicted, like God, ah, I'm so sorry, I slipped up. You know, it, it's really that. That really, God's gonna see that, and by, through that, God will start changing your heart. He's gonna take you and make you and mold you into the man He's calling you to be, or woman He's calling you to be. And for, throughout that, you're going to find yourself starting to overcome this, come and overcome your flesh. You're going to be more spirit than flesh. You're going to be led by Holy Spirit and not by your flesh. And as you continue to set your mind on the heavenly things that he, uh, he, he, he's up there, you know, you got to continue to look up and not, not in a, a way that you, oh, you're seeking God because God already seeks you. God already sought you 2,000 plus years ago when he came and died on the cross. He's already done that. He continues to do that through Holy Spirit. You got to just continue to renew your mind, God's word, you know, his presence and just serving, serving, spreading the word because we're the hope. We are the hope. We, we, he works through us. Even though Holy Spirit will come and grab, grab people down. You, you really got to be willing. You can't be, there's no such thing as being qualified to serve God. You're, you just got to have a willing heart. And as you serve God, you're going to find yourself sinning less. You're going to find yourself loving God so much that you're going to start being able to overcome this and you're gonna because you're gonna have a hate for it you're gonna have a hate for the evil of this world you're gonna have a hate for all the disgusting the the weed that alters people's state of like sober-mindedness and um yeah through that it's just that's what really helped me is just the love of god and just being able to continue to renew myself in his in his love and just really convicted about what he's done for us to overcome these things Amen. And the, that's a that's a big point that you made because there's a lot of people when you evangelize, you encounter a lot of people and they say, it's all right. You know, God, God loves me anyway. And it's true. God loves these people. But when they're blatantly living in darkness and believing that God is going to forgive them in the very end on the day of judgment, it really if you think about it, it's very foolish and it's not loving towards God. Because my wife loves me, but what if I every day was cheating on her and I'm sleeping around with these other women and and I'm like, it's all right. My wife loves me. You know, she said a vow, mm -hmm. said that through bad or good. Right. She's going to be with me to the end, you know, and it's that relationship with God. And that was something big in that early walk. Like for me, like I knew God was a forgiving God, but for me, it was being an example. And I believe I think both you guys touched on it but it was being an example for those around me. Because if I'm here and I'm drinking or smoking or whatever, people are looking at me as a Christian. Now, 
they're copying what I'm doing. So a big thing was like, I can't sin, not only because of God, but for the people around me. If I do it, it's going to hurt the witness that I have for these people to enter into the kingdom of God. And so for you guys that are listening, whether you're a guy or a girl, you know, if you proclaim the name of Jesus, you are an example of Jesus. You're an example of God in the earth. And the issue with sin, I know Jude talks about God being able to help us from falling. You know, he really is. He's a good father. Like he wants us to, he wants to be right there with us and lead us by the hand so we walk. And at times we may stumble, our knees may crinkle, but the thing is, is how do we respond when that happens? You know, godly sorrow worketh to repentance. Worldly sorrow leadeth to death. We are listening to R.C. Sproul uh, today uh, at church. I was listening with uh, my father-in-law, and he was talking about Peter and Judas. Both of them experienced sorrow. Both of them realized what they did was wrong. Peter denied the Lord. Judas <laughs> betrayed the Lord. Um, both, in a sense, were betrayal. Uh, betrayal. But what happened? How did they respond? Peter repented and ended up preaching an amazing sermon on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 souls into the kingdom. What did Jesus do? Uh, Judas do? Judas hung himself. So what happens when you are saved, you're going to experience godly sorrow. The Holy Spirit's in you. You're not going to want to grieve the Holy Spirit. So I want us to go around and kind of talk about ways, not so much over, we want to overcome sin, of course, but ways of walking with the Lord, walking with Jesus. For me, the early days, it was reading the Bible. That was so crucial. Just reading. I would go through so much pain with my ex-girlfriend, and I would just read the New Testament. I would read the words of Jesus. I'd read the epistles, and it would help. It would give. It was giving life to me. I was becoming renewed in my mind. I was becoming strengthened. So I began to read. Now, for those of you are listening, if you're a new Christian, one thing we wanted, one thing we usually want to do is read the Bible, right? But we start from the beginning to go to the end, like a normal book. My roommate said, don't do that. Go to the New Testament, read Jesus. And I was like, but I'm going to read the whole Bible. I'm going to get there. I'm going to read the Old Testament. He's like, no, stop it and go to the Gospels. And I'm so thankful he did that. I'm so thankful he told me that because it's all about Jesus. The Old Testament's good, but we need Jesus. You're a Christian. You're not a Jew, you know. You're a Christian first, so you need to know who Jesus is. So reading the New Testament first was so crucial in my walk. Um, in those early stages, I went through so much doubt in my first year, first couple years. I would look at the Bible and be like, how can I believe this? And I knew it was from the devil. And I remember telling the Lord, I was like, Lord, I do not want to feel like this anymore. And he took away that doubt. And um, you know, I remember reading the epistles of Paul and feeling so convicted. So I couldn't, I had to stop reading the epistles of Paul and I would go to Psalms or Proverbs and be like, all right, that's much better. That feels much better. But now I get in a place I can read Paul nonstop. I can listen to Paul nonstop. The epistles, James, all of it. I can take in the words of Jesus because I'm in a place of maturity. So for me, reading the Bible was very crucial, so crucial. Um, another thing was fellowship, being around godly individuals, people that are really pursuing the Lord. If you're a new Christian, I'm sure you're going to realize this very soon. The people that go to church with you, there may be a lot of them that aren't truly seeking God. You know, it's, that's just, it's part of it. You're going to encounter people that claim Jesus, but they're not really seeking the Lord with all their hearts. And it's important to realize who are the ones really seeking after God. Those are the ones you want to gravitate to so you can build each other up in the most holy faith. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, let's go around. And uh, just, some, just some things for the people listening. Things of walking with the Lord. Practical ways of walking with God in this first year.
Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, I think that's a, a very, uh, it's a very important question. Um, because for me, I, I know I felt like when I got saved, it was, okay, now what do I do with my life? Um, you know, I have a lot of time. I'm just, I'm not really sure what to do. Convicted. I know I was convicted, um, because I knew I should have been, you know, making, uh, or taking more advantage of my time and using it for God. Just didn't really know what to do. But I mean, I tell you what, you have that whole Bible to read, you know, that'll take you a long time. That, that, that'll take you your whole life. You know, you, there's so many things you can learn in the Bible that, you know, there's no time to waste. You know, you have, you, you need to, uh, you know, if you feel like you, you don't know what to do, go read the Bible. That'll last you your life. Um, and, you know, um, also prayer, you know, I was, I was weak in prayer. I didn't, I didn't know how to really connect with God when I first got saved. You know, my prayers were very short. Um, you know, but when you when you start to grow with the Lord and you start to um, be able to learn how to get in His presence while you pray and and seek for the for the things that He puts on your heart and really pray for those things and you know beg Him for 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 wisdom and beg Him to um, overcome you know obstacles um, you know then that that makes you realize that you know if you're not reading the Bible um, or praying or evangelizing, you know, that should be taking up all your time that you have. Um, really, honestly, um, besides your job and everything like that, you know, we, once we're, we're brought into the kingdom, you know, the Bible says to redeem the time and, um, cause the days are evil and they are. And, you know, uh, the things that you used to do in your past life, you know, your hobbies and, and, and those things, you know, the devil, he, he can use those things. He can bring them back um, your passions, you know, he can bring them back up into your mind where, um, you know, you want to spend your free time, you know, enjoying yourself again. And, you know, there's Christians that they, they got time to go golfing, but you know, they don't, they don't, you know, have time to, you know, evangelize or, you know, things like that. So, you know, the devil uses those things and he uses the idols that you used to have. And it's a big problem in, in, in the church. Um, you know, these days. So, you know, if you see people, you know, at your church or, or Christians, you know, and, um, you know, they're, they're worried about the game and they're worried about, um, you know, all these different things. Um, you know, we got to stay focused and, and we got to realize that there's souls all around us going to hell and, and, um, you know, we don't have time to play around anymore. Um, the Bible says, uh, when you become a man, you, you leave the childish things behind. And, um, you know, when you get saved, it's time to gird up the loins of your mind, time to, to gird up your loins in general and, and realize, you know, we're in a war, a spiritual war. And, um, you know, by not doing anything, by being, you know, chillax and, you know, these things, the devil, he can really creep in your mind. He can really start putting thoughts in your head. You know, if, if we're not casting down every thought to Christ, you know, that took me a little while to realize that, you know, it has to be every thought. It has to be, you know, once you, uh, th- thoughts that can come, can come from the enemy, um, that pop into your head, but it's a sin if you choose to indulge in those thoughts and, right. and willfully, um, go with those thoughts and things like that. So, you know, that's something the Lord taught me that was very important is when those things pop up, uh, yes, uh, uh, they may be from the enemy, but now, you know, you can willfully choose to reject that, cast it down in the name of Christ. So, you know, don't let anyone tell you that, you know, you have all the, all this time, um, because when, when we all get to the judgment, judgment day, we're going to wish that we, um, used our time better and, and wa- more wisely and things like that. So, yeah, that would just be my encouragement, um, you know, to stay, to just read the word, um, pray and, um, you know, uh, care for the lost and whatever, whatever else God puts on your heart. But 
just, you know, God's will, um, you know, it's not easy. And, um, you know, we should always, we should always be working towards doing God's will. So that's some things I learned. Right. I, w- I really want to highlight what he just said about the whole thought thing, because the devil will use your tender hearts to make you feel like you're in sin. When in fact, many of the times it's really just a temptation that's coming. So the enemy might flash something in your mind. Maybe it's something you watched, whether it's pornography, something from your past or giving you a weird thought that's really strange. And you're like, wait, is that me? Be very weary. The devil will begin to do that and try to do that to make you feel like you're in sin. But it's how you choose to handle that thought. Like what my brother said, are you going to entertain the thoughts? Are you going to cast it down? You know, that's why I believe Paul said that, you know, bring all these thoughts into subjection to Christ Jesus. Cast everything that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Um, we do want to have that, that, that clean mind, you know. So, all right, Brother TJ. Uh, yeah, to touch up on what Scooby said about um, surrounding you, like fellowshipping. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things in my Christian walk was the new and the old. I still had all these homeboys and homegirls from my old lifestyle that were not good fellowship. And that actually uh, caused me to fall several times was the bad influence. And what I've came to find out, I mean, as most people usually, if you have common sense, you'll just know is uh, when you surround yourself, whatever you surround yourself with, you become. So if you surround yourself with sin, you'll, you'll end up sinning. You know, that just happens. If there's opportunity to sin, there will be sin. So I found out as I, I, I just prayed for good fellowship with God. And uh, I was like, just give me some good influence. I don't really have any Christian friends because I haven't been a Christian for such, for such a long time. So, so um, that really just the biggest impact in my life was good influence and just continuing to surround yourself, whether it be friends or whether it be God himself, actually just yeah. fellowshipping and interceding with God himself and just continuing to... I mean, I find myself praying probably 12, 12 hours a day sometimes on my worst day instead of me just soaking and letting those thoughts about how he's talking about the thoughts, about casting it down. You can't let that. It starts as a thought, and that thought will go into the seed, which will give the seed will give birth to sin. So instead of you just got to stop that process before it gets to a seed, you got to completely cut it off and you just got to you got to step step on it. Because that's that's where the devil will get you, and it, it might be something so small, like it, like a weird thought, like you know you don't even sure if the sin or not. Like was that okay, you know? And it, it's just weird thoughts, and he, you know the devil's very smart. He's a very clever. He's a he, he tests us, and uh, you know um, that's one thing is is don't let yourself catch yourself before you're dwelling on a dwelling on whatever thought the devil will test you with. Uh, because that's where sin takes place. And um, in my walk, I've really found that fellowshipping with God, fellowshipping with other Christ-like people, and uh, God's Word. God's Word is, I mean, that's like food for our spirit. Yeah. If you, if you, if you uh, hold back on God's Word, our spirit will get weak. You know, even, even from the presence of God, yeah, that's like a, it's like a rejuvenating your spirit, but you need, you need to dwell in God's word because if you don't you know you, you just won't be strong enough sometimes you just your, your spirit is weary and when you read God's word it's like feeding it's like getting that protein shake for your spirit 
Yeah. And it's like literally working, it's exercising your spirit. It's going against what your flesh wants and, you know, it's going against your flesh because each word is living. God's word is a living word of God. And so even if you're reading something like numbers, a lot of people don't like numbers because it's just like, okay, what's the point of reading this? But each word, believe it or not, your spirit is receiving and interceding with God about. So whether you your flesh is saying, oh, I'm not really getting anything out of this story, but it's really not about that. It's about your spirit receiving and strengthening because each word that you're reading, whether you know it or not, you're receiving it and it's actually helping you in your walk with God. So three things that I also, when I was really having a bad day was prayer, worship music in the back while I'm praying and also worship music in the back while I'm reading God's word. And that is worship music has been a really big impact in my life also as a Christian. Like I'll fall asleep to God's scriptures, audio, audio Bible. I'll fall asleep to that because as my my spirit is that's like two birds one stone. My flesh is sleeping while my spirit is being quickened and strengthened. And um I really I like I like that. I encourage you guys to start listening to God's word as you sleep. Cause that actually has been helping me renew my mind, is uh strengthen strengthen my spirit and has really just helped me a lot. I'm prophetically, I mean I've I received dreams. I was ended up listening I think I started on James when James is near the end of the Bible, which is uh, Jesus's brother. One of my favorite books is James. It's a very good book, and um, so that I started there and I fell asleep listening to it. And it was in Revelations. I ended up waking up at the end of Revelations, I think like chapter seventeen or something like that, towards the end. And um, I was I, I received a dream from God about Revelation, and it, it was it was it was crazy intense, and I was like, ah, that's crazy. I need some confirmation. I looked down at my phone; it's on Revelation. So I was like, all right, well, that's confirmation for you. But yeah, it, it's really you got to really whether you're reading it or listening to it. Reading it is always, you know, you got to you got to read it because they're taking that extra step. It's kind of like a living sacrifice because. You you get you get you, most people don't have the desire to read God's word a lot of the time, but you'll get that desire. You'll find yourself as you read it. Some days I'm, I just don't want to read. I'll I'll force myself to read, and as I begin to read it, I'm I'm, I'm starting to just find myself more wanting to read it more and more and more and more because I'm actually receive. I start receiving. I'm like okay, okay, I like this, and um, yeah, you just gotta press through. You gotta press through your stubbornness. You gotta press through what you want to do. And, you know, surround yourself, surround yourself with godly things. And um, and uh, music wise, also another big impact on my, my life was uh, my old lifestyle to my new lifestyle as a Christian being like Christ. I used to listen to some pretty profane secular music about what I used to do personally in my walk with uh, the world instead of God. And as I started knowing Jesus more and walking with him more, I, I, I couldn't, I wasn't able to listen to the same music as I used to be. Yeah. It, it just wasn't the same. I was, I was feeling hindered. My spirit was, I just felt grieved. Uh, and that's something that it's really, people don't realize is secular music, not all of it's bad, but most of it is 90% of it. And, um, it, it really, it really does. It really does affect your at the atmosphere that you're in. It really does a, it really, it really does affect your walk. It, 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 it grieves Holy Spirit when you listen to music that has cussing or talking about women or women or anything like that. And also, you're not representing Christ. Jesus is not going to be bumping a Drake or, you know, Dr. Dre or Snoop Dogg or whatever, you know, whatever. 
yeah. whatever it may be. Yeah. He, you just, you just got to think, what would Jesus do? Is Jesus, you're going to find Jesus doing this? Are you going to find Jesus listening to this? If the answer is no, then why are you doing it? And that, once you find like more ways, whatever your schedule might look like, if you don't have, like, if you're working a lot and, uh, that's one thing I asked God to fill my schedule with things for him to, for just for me to do with him yeah. or for me to do for him. You, you got to really make sure your schedule is filled with God because uh, if you find yourself bored or you really idle and you're idolizing like you're not doing anything, that's a lot of the times where I fought, fell into sin is uh, when I'm not doing anything. Yeah. And I'm just sitting around chilling with friends or I'm chilling by myself at the crib. You got to really fill your schedule with God and just not let yourself either, you know, you, you can't you can't just sit around doing nothing because you're sitting in your mind. You're, you're going to start seeing those things. You're going to start thinking about the old lifestyle or a thought will pop in your head from the devil. And um, that's where that's where a lot of the times Satan's gotten me. Personally, I've been defeated from sin is just being idle. If I'm sitting, I might as well be sitting and reading the word or I might as well be sitting and uh, maybe you guys are on Facebook or Instagram. A lot of the time I serve through social media. Social media is a huge tool for the kingdom of God if you choose, choose to use it that way. Right. And I've reached, I mean, tons, tons, a lot more than I could do in person through social media. And that's something also, if you're on your phone a lot, you find yourself, which most of us are, no lie, um, you're going to find yourself being on your phone a lot, which... You use social media. You can use social media to reach out to those cousins or reach out to a random friend. Or I find myself sometimes a person will follow me on Instagram and uh, he's starting his walk of Christianity. And uh, he, he just hits me up. I don't know where I'll hit him up. I'll reach out to him. And then the, through that, I establish a relationship. He might be going through something. Uh, like uh, might be going through stop smoking weed. And I'm like, instead of me saying, oh, well, God's the answer. I'd be like, instead of doing that, I actually, I established a relationship with that person. I'm like, all right, I've been there. And you know what I'm saying? I've been there. This is what I did, how I got through it. And you know, you, you got to really, you got to really just continue to serve God. And as you're serving God, well, I mean, how are you going to sin if you're serving God? You know, you're saying, you know what I'm saying? You just, yeah. the, the lifestyle, the Christian lifestyle, Christian, you just got to be Jesus. You got to be Jesus all the time. You know what I'm saying? And through that, you, everything else will fall into place. You seek the kingdom of God. It says everything else will be added unto you, whether like in a situation right now, I'm I'm, uh, I'm in a relationship with somebody, but I'm not. You know, it's weird. It's like an exclusive friend kind of thing because it doesn't really, the Bible doesn't say anything about dating. And that, that's something I've, it trust. It's something that's been a big impact in my life is you just got to trust God. Whatever your issue may be, whether it be a woman or a man, or whether it be uh, paying the bills, or whether it be getting that rent for your car, or what it, whatever it is, you continue to serve God and continue to be faithful to Him and trust Him, and He will provide. I mean, He's the God of the universe; He's more than capable of doing so. You know, He uses the earth as a footstool. So, if Earth is a footstool, so your problem is really no problem to Him. Yeah. And that's something you got to realize: is just don't don't worry, because worrying is not of God. And um, as you trust God, then you'll find yourself not to worry anymore. You're going to find peace and knowing that God's got everything under control. Mm. So just continue to read your word because that's how you get to know more about Jesus and who he is. And uh, 
prayer, interceding with God, interceding with people, interceding with God, fellowshipping with God, and fellowshipping with fellow Christians. Yeah. And I mean, basically everything else added, it will be added to you. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Glory. Yeah, that's awesome. This is good stuff. Almost an hour long. And so, yeah, man, and just, and it's so easy for anyone listening, it's so easy to get caught up in doctrine and get caught up in what my pastor says, get caught up in this, get caught up in the whole structure. And okay, I got to serve Tuesday. I got to serve Sunday. I'm the usher. You know this. I, I want to get involved. And you know, all these things can be good, but don't lose focus of who Jesus Christ is. He's not a theology. He's not an idea. He's not a belief system. He is a man. He is a man that is seated at the right hand of the Father. And so if, if you get anything from what you've heard you know, us talk about today is this, learn who Jesus Christ is and begin to embrace who he is because Honestly, like I would say I'm more Pentecostal. I believe in the speaking of tongues. I believe in the gifts of the spirit and dancing during worship. I love that. Today, I went with my father-in-law to a Presbyterian, old-fashioned, traditional, Calvinistic church where we sang hymns and no one danced and no one raised their hands. But I could see Jesus in the midst of this. I could see Jesus and how they reverenced God with their prayers and how they reverenced God with the preaching of, of the word. And I respect R.C. Sproul. I'm not a Calvinist. I'm not a Presbyterian. But I can see Jesus in all these different denominations. And so for you as the listener, as you're going through this, it can be tough. It can be difficult. Challenges may arise and they most likely will. And you most likely will suffer. <laughs> But the good news is, is that God will give you a way of escape every single time. Every temptation you're given. It's probably one of the most powerful verses. There's two that were very powerful. One was what Rich talked about with the cutting off your hand and plucking out your eye. That got me serious about serving the Lord. And the second one was that God gives a way of escape. Every temptation he makes, he gives a way of escape. So I knew no matter what temptation came, God would give me a way out. And he has not failed in that. So Let's, uh, let's pray for you, whoever's listening. If you've listened this far, man, praise God. You know, that's awesome. So let's bless you. Father, we thank you so much for this time, just time of just expressing wisdom and knowledge and experience, just sharing what we have with whoever's listening, God. And Lord, we bless them. We know it's hard. We know it's difficult. We didn't touch on this subject, but one thing that happens is you feel isolated you feel isolated from friends, from former friends. You feel isolated from family. You feel isolated even from maybe church members. You feel separate. Father, I pray for anyone right now, and I feel that so strongly, anyone right now that feels isolated and alone. Lord, you will come, God, and you will fill them with you. You will reveal your presence, that they are not alone, but you're right there more than they are in their present situation. You know their situation more than they know their situation, and you are there. You're there with angels. You're there with your spirits. Father, I pray you overwhelm that individual right now or individuals in Jesus' name, and you show them your closeness right now, God, by your power. Lord, I thank you for these individuals. I thank you for whoever's listening. And God, we pray for a mighty increase. So Lord, we pray for a mighty growth in all these people's lives. God, we bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.